So what is disease X? According to WHO, disease X could be caused by a pathogen X. It can be a virus, a bacterium or a fungus with a high infectious and fatality rate and without any known treatments. WHO also believes that it could be related to a zoonotic disease that jumps to humans and further mutates severely. More and more pandemics are a result of increased connectivity through globalization and congested cities, the increasing rate of deforestation, modern agriculture methods and the destruction of wetlands further prompt the pathogens to jump from one species to the next. Months after the World Health Organization announced that COVID-19 was no longer a global emergency, experts fear that a new disease X might cause an even deadlier pandemic. Health experts from around the world have cautioned that COVID-19 may be just a precursor to more devastating pandemics in the future. And not just this, experts have also issued a grim warning that the next pandemic could claim at least 50 million lives. And anything happening is a matter of when not if. So we need to have a placeholder for that. For the disease we don't know, that may come. And that was when we gave the name Disease X. It's the midweek edition. My name is Big D. You're listening to NWCZRadio.com, Channel 1's Down the Rabbit Hole. But you probably already knew that because uh, unlike <laughs> unlike the radio, you actually had to go find it and then click play. So, again, my brain's off. I just took a shower. I feel really great. And you're wondering, why are you telling us that, Big D? Why? What's that information about? Well, we had a big freeze here in Texas, and I've been without water for three days. And just before I was about to start recording this, all the water came on. So I rushed and I took a shower. I was smelling kind of funky. You know, when you can smell yourself, it's pretty bad. So congratulations to me. <laughs> I just felt like sharing that. I'm not sure why. I thought maybe you needed to know that. Just in case you could smell it through your speaker. I don't know. It was pretty bad. But when I was a kid, I used to watch Speed Racer. I know that he kind of had a comeback. I think there was a, a really bad movie made about Speed Racer. But when I was a kid in the, you know, in the 70s, Speed Racer was probably the first Japanese, what they call anime now, cartoon I'd ever seen. In that cartoon, there was Racer X. And as the audience member, we didn't know anything about Racer X, but he was there. And he wasn't good. We were led to believe that he was the bad racer. He was evil. He was dirty. He, he raced dirty. He was always trying to trip up speed racer. It seemed like everybody else in the program knew Racer X. He somehow got into the race. He had a nice car. He was around. And then much later we find out, oh, we get kind of sort of led in on the secret. Oh, that's speed racer's brother. 
Well, we're dealing with a similar situation here. Just thought I'd use that as a parallel because today we're talking about disease X. And as most of you know, you should know, the World Economic Forum is having their once a year get together in Davos where all the elites are coming together and I'm I've been watching it. I'm keeping a close eye on it and see what's coming out of there. And the two main topics so far, and I believe it's the theme of this year's event, are misinformation. And we've talked a lot about that, so I'm not going to really get into that today. Maybe we'll do that at the conclusion when I give a wrap up of the 2024 Davos meetings. But they're very, very worried that misinformation and false information, information that's not coming from them is getting out there. And so they're trying to figure out how to curb that. Coincidentally, and not just in America, there's a lot of key political races that are be, that will be happening in 2024. So thus the emphasis there. But I think a more interesting, perhaps projection topic that they're talking about could be some predictive programming and it's not new it's been in the works for quite some time but this is a key issue this year is this disease x today as i'm recording this it's the 17th of january and they're talking a lot about it today i watched about 45 minutes of one of the panels and they're very very concerned about disease x and I'm going to tell you why. We're going to talk about what is disease X, what is it that they're claiming is coming, what they want to do about it, and more importantly, what we learned from COVID and what we can do about it as individuals. We're going to talk about all of that today. And if we have some time, I'll go through some news items and so forth that you're probably not hearing elsewhere. But I think we're going to concentrate primarily on this disease X because as we saw with COVID, and at the time when COVID first was hitting, it was obvious to me that this was a conditioning exercise. I called it the great conditioning because the coordinated response, the fact that they had done the event 201, all the signs were out there. The media was on board. Governments were on board. Everybody was saying the same thing immediately, which is impossible. We could take any other event in history pretty much and there is no singular unified response you have responses all across the board but for some reason with covid and we've talked about it a lot that was a very unified and a very conditioning exercise on their part a lot of conditioning involved a lot of observation what can we learn from this how many people are falling for it, how many people are willingly going along with it, how many governments and what kind of states, counties, cities are bucking it, on and on. We've talked about that. But disease X is next up. And they're sending us a lot of warnings about it. So today, they are preparing for disease X. That is the name that they have given their symposium. And according to them, COVID has been reported to have claimed approximately 7 million lives worldwide. And we could argue that figure that, oh, probably most of that was due to the response, due to locking people away, locking people down, 
preventing medical treatment from getting to them, them getting to the hospital. Oh, there was the vaccine and all kinds of things. But that's their estimate that 7 million lives worldwide were passed on due to the whole COVID exercise. Disease X, on the other hand, their warning could result in 20 times more fatalities than the coronavirus pandemic. According to them, and this is dated January 17, 2024, this is the World Economic Forum annual meeting, a long-term strategy for climate, nature, and energy. And this literally just took place a couple of hours ago. It says, with fresh warnings from the World Health Organization that an unknown disease X could result in 20 times more fatalities than the coronavirus pandemic. What novel efforts are needed to prepare healthcare systems for the multiple challenges ahead? Something's kind of interesting about all of this. If you look down here, the session is linked to the Partnership for Health System Sustainability and Resilience and the Collaborative Surveillance Initiative of the World Economic Forum. The Collaborative Surveillance Initiative of the World Economic Forum. So what does that have to do with healthcare? What does that have to do with preparing for an upcoming pandemic or this disease X or whatever it is that they're, they're gonna lay out? So I looked into it, the Collaborative Surveillance Initiative of the World Economic Forum, and it's exactly what you think it is. It's exactly what it says. It's an exercise through big tech, corporations, and governments. It's surveilling the public response. It's surveilling the public reaction to the measures that they want to put out to, quote, protect everybody. And all the misinformation that was spread on TikTok and YouTube and and conservative podcasters, as they call it, or conservative voices, it's always conservatives that are the problem, which I find (laughs) quite fascinating. But with this linked partnership with the Health Systems Sustainability and Resilience and the Collaborative Surveillance Initiative of the World Economic Forum, they're the ones who are putting on and sponsoring and gathering people to discuss disease X. Another interesting point before we get into just exactly what is disease X, what their plan is, and what they are forecasting out there for us. We've played many, many clips and I've done shows on here where they believe Yuval Noah Harai, Klaus Schwab, Bill Gates, George Soros, Jane Goodall, Tony Blair, go down the list of all these globalists, especially these young globalists that are coming out of Davos these days. They all believe and are trumpeting this idea that the world is massively overpopulated and we have to do something about it. They need to do something about it because there's just too many people. So if a pandemic is 20 times as deadly as COVID, if it did happen, That would be about 140 million lives that would be taken during this. And that would be on top of what they claim the 7 million lives that has already been taken. Do the math on that. Do you think they would mourn the loss of all these lives? Do you really think they're trying to save 
these lives, when they've tried to tell us over and over and over again that the world is overpopulated, we must do something about it, it's something to think about. So let's take a look at exactly what is disease X. According to this article, this is from India Today, what is disease X? The pathogen world leaders are discussing at Davos. Scientists are not sitting idle. They are actively working on a platform of technologies that could be rapidly adapted to combat disease X. So they're gearing up for it. According to the science and the scientists and the World Health Organization and all of that, A, disease X is highly likely to be a respiratory virus. And we know this. They've been talking about respiratory viruses for a while now. Well, since COVID. And before that, you know, if you got the cold, you got the flu or whatever, you're supposed to take care of yourself. But since COVID, everything is respiratory. It's going to be spread through the air you, by you breathing, by you just walking around. According to the World Health Organization, Disease X was coined to prompt the international community to prepare for a pathogen more catastrophic than COVID-19. And the World Health Organization has emphasized the importance of early cross-cutting research and development for Disease X. And what is Disease X? Well, Disease X is going to be whatever fits the bill. That's why it's called Disease X. It's not a disease. It's whatever they're going to put that label on. This hypothetical pathogen represents the unknown, a stand-in for any new unforeseen infectious disease that could lead to a future pandemic. And as we know, the World Health Organization is trying to put together this coalition of all the nations, sign a treaty to where they will be the single driver, they will be the ultimate authority over the planet for response of any thing they determine is a pandemic or even a health crisis. According to the World Health Organization, they place disease X along other high-priority diseases such as Ebola and Zika virus. And what are they doing in this session titled Preparing for Disease X? Well, they're aiming to explore novel efforts needed to prepare healthcare systems for multiple challenges ahead and to prevent the collapse of national healthcare infrastructures as they claim we witnessed during the 2020 pandemic crisis. Of course, scientists, they're not sitting idle. They're actively working on a platform of technologies that could rapidly adapt to combat disease X, but they don't even know what it is. In fact, University of Oxford, they're investigating how to modify the vaccine created for the COVID-19, which is the mRNA, to address disease X. They're also exploring how other vaccines could be developed quickly to counter future threats. So think about that for a second. We have this mRNA, which is unproven. It uses the CRISPR-9. We've talked about that a lot. So they are taking that platform and they are now holding it in a lab somewhere and they are working on it to where it will be adaptable to any disease that they determine that it's necessary for. So a lot of unknowns here. 
You got disease X. You got working on vaccines that they don't even know what disease it's going to be for. But hey, by the way, it'll be ready to go in case one comes. The whole thing is shrouded in secrecy. According to this article, while the WHO has yet to specify which virus disease X might be, experts say it is highly likely to be a respiratory virus because survival rates for these are the highest. And the WHO has created an R&D blueprint, that's research and development blueprint, for many priority diseases. If they mutate to become more contagious and deadly, any of them could become disease X. So you name it, any of them. Here's a current list of the major zoonotic viruses because they're really zeroing in on this idea that this is going to jump species. This is going to be a cross-species. And, and you really get into the nuts and bolts of it. Why? Why are they really on this path, this train of thought? Well, because of climate change, of course, and too many people. So we're moving into places we shouldn't be, cutting down trees, cutting down forests, uh, moving close to animals, and so it's just inevitable, according to them. But here's a list of major zoonotic viruses they say threaten us. COVID-19 is one. Crimea-Congo hemorrhage fever, Ebola, Marburg, Lassa fever, Middle East Respiratory Syndrome, which is also known as MERS, and SARS, Nipah and Hennepaviral diseases, Rift Valley fever, and Zika. And of course, those all do exist. Those are all real things, but they are not pandemics. If they show up, they usually show up in an area. There are obviously some who get affected by it. It's treatable. The whole idea is, yes, keep it from spreading. So I'm not trying to make light of these diseases. They do exist. According to Dr. Thomas Russo, who's an infectious disease expert at the University of Buffalo Jacobs School of Medicine and biomedical scientist, he says the concept of disease X was one of the lessons we learned from the COVID pandemic. As mankind breaks down these barriers between humans and other species through live animal markets and deforestation, we need continued surveillance and studies and improved biosecurity across the world. Read into that. Continued surveillance. We need studies. We got all this stuff. We need to improve this stuff across the world. All of these lanes lead down to the same parking lot. All these roads are going to the same mall, which is global control, world security, world tracing, world tracking, world surveillance, everything. He says disease X could also turn out to be a new pathogen not yet known even among animals. So again, fear factor, and they're putting it out there. They're telling you this stuff is coming. We don't even know where it's coming from. We're kind of guessing. Uh, we've also, if you remember, Bill Gates multiple times during COVID was seen on camera talking about, wow, this is, yeah, we got this, but the, the next virus, oh, the next virus is going to be a big one, smirking, kind of laughing. It's very, very weird. According to Sky News, Disease X, UK scientists begin developing vaccines against the new pandemic. The work is being carried out at the government's high-security 
Horton Down Laboratory Complex in Wiltshire. It's at this super high security laboratory, has more than 200 scientists. All of them are trying to break down and guess what this next pandemic known as Disease X is going to be. Professor Dame Jenny Harries, head of the UK Health Security Agency, says, what we're trying to do here is ensure that we prepare so that if we have a new disease X, a new pathogen, we have done as much of that work in advance as possible. Hopefully we can prevent it, a pandemic. But if we can't and we have to respond, then we've already started developing vaccines and therapeutics to crack it for an unknown disease. Currently, they are working on and monitoring several high-risk pathogens, including bird flu, monkeypox, hantavirus, and diseases spread by other animals. Early-stage clinical trials have just started with 24 volunteers expected to test the vaccine. And here we go. The disease is becoming more common in Europe as global temperatures rise, and some travelers have returned to the UK with infection. And that's another thing I'm seeing a lot of. All you people who are traveling all over the world, going on vacation, going to different countries, hiking through the jungle, going to the Caribbean, whatever you're doing, you're supposed to just stay home, don't you know? A, it's terrible for the environment that you're flying in a plane. Don't you know that by now? You should stay off the plane. In fact, you're not even supposed to drive your car. But the fact that you're going on vacation or you're going on business somewhere or you're going to another place, and then coming back, you're the problem. She says, what we're seeing is a rising risk globally. Some of that is because of things like urbanization, where you may get virus jumping into humans, as we've seen with the bird flu. And some of it is because of climate change, where you get things like ticks and mosquitoes moving to where it was previously cold is now becoming warm. And because people are flying and they're bringing them back on their persons, in their luggage, or whatever. This is a growing risk agenda, according to her. I also found this interesting. I mean, they, they tell you what they're doing. And we're all supposed to just go, well, it's just science. And, and things have progressed and they move forward and everything is so wonderful because the science is involved. According to them, the agency is part of a global effort to develop a vaccine within 100 days of a new pathogen being recognized as having pandemic potential. Professor Harry says historically that would be unheard of. It would normally take five or ten years. For COVID, it was around 360 days. So this is a really high ambition, but for some viruses, it is definitely possible. How? How? They don't explain how. They don't explain why. They just know they're working on it. They've got test subjects in there. I don't know what they're doing with these uh, test subjects. If it was me, I would never sign up for anything like that. You're going to be a guinea pig in a lab. I assume they're giving them some of these diseases. Oh, what if somebody just decides to walk out? Kind of what happened in Wuhan. This idea that COVID just, just sprung up from some market where there's some animals being sold has been debunked a million times. They were working on creating super viruses to create a cure for them and it got out that's exactly what happened this is from joseph ellis here we go scientists preparing for the next pandemic called disease x 
The World Health Organization added disease X to a list of top priority pathogens for research, even though they don't know what it is. They have no idea. According to the World Health Organization, the COVID-19 pandemic highlighted the need for rapid response to such threats. Right, because if you declare an emergency, you declare it a pandemic, and you're ready to go right there, it becomes a shock and awe campaign. Hey, by the way, you're all going to die, and we have the solution right now. Let's go. And everybody freaks out, jumps on board before they even stop to think. That's the idea here. According to them, the idea was to encourage the development of platform technologies, including vaccines, drug therapies, and diagnostic tests that could be rapidly adapted and deployed in response to an array of future outbreaks with epidemic or pandemic potential. According to the WHO, initiatives include a new fund for pandemic prevention. And if you look into that, you'll see who's funding it. It's Bill Gates, it's Bloomberg, it's China, it's all the usual suspects. A WHO hub for pandemic and epidemic intelligence. The Global Virome Project and a U.S. government initiative for next generation's vaccines. And according to them, challenges such as weakened health systems, vaccine hesitancy, and potential funding deprioritization, oh, may hinder these effects, which is why I started off saying they're talking about disinformation. They're scared to death that you're going to actually, <laughs> you're going to actually believe somebody else besides them. And we don't need to go back through all the tapes, but just remember during COVID, there were multiple countries who said, we, the government, are your source of information. Don't believe anybody else. If you have any questions, look to us. We will give them to you. And what we found out is that they were all lying. In fact, Anthony Fauci just recently was on Capitol Hill answering some questions and they asked him specifically about the whole six feet thing. He basically said it just showed up. There was no science involved. It just kind of became a thing and they ran with it. But we were told it was the science. We were told six feet was the magic number. Not five and a half, not five and three quarter, not ten, not two. Six. Stay six. And think about all the businesses who bought those stupid stickers. I still see them around every now and then. They're still in stores, stay six feet apart, posters, stickers, the big dots on the floor. Do you remember that? They had to buy those. It's crazy. And it was just made up, whole cloth made up. Now, I know exactly where it came from. It came from a high school project that a gal did and they took it and ran with it. But he's claiming, ah, it just showed up. We don't even know where it came from. And it sounded good, and so we ran with it. But we were told at the time, this is magic. This six feet, it must be practiced. Everywhere you go, bank, grocery store, anywhere. Remember people standing in line outside of grocery stores because only so many could go in and while you're standing out there, you had to be six feet apart? Think back. Do not forget those times because that is what they were observing. 
who obeyed. And now they're preparing for this disease X, which could be anything. I'm telling you, it can be anything they determine. It could be completely made up. We don't know. They could just say, hey, there's a pathogen. You can't see it. It hopped over from a kangaroo or a minor bird or a cat. And now it's in the air. You can't see it. Put your mask back on. Everybody gets six feet apart. Everyone's going to die. This is way worse than COVID. And the idea and the goal is, is that everybody just jumps in lockstep. Create the problem. Offer the solution. Take your freedom. According to Kate Bingham, former chair of the UK's vaccine task force, they believe that disease X poses a considerably greater threat than COVID-19. And we already talked about how they think that up to 50 million people could die, rivaling the devastating 1918-1919 flu pandemic, which did claim at least 50 million. In response to Disease X, Bingham emphasized the urgent need for worldwide mass vaccination campaigns and swift vaccine distribution. She highlights that while scientists have identified 25 virus families and thousands of individual viruses, there are potentially, oh, millions undiscovered viruses and pandemic potential. Bingham envisions disease X as highly infectious, kind of like measles, yet with a staggering fatality rate comparable to Ebola's 67%. And she warns that it's just a matter of time before this emerges. And what's causing this? Well, according to her, it's the rise in outbreaks of urbanization trends and the ongoing destruction of natural habitats where many infectious diseases originate in animals. She also emphasizes the importance of allocating substantial financial resources to mitigate its potential impact, citing the immense cost of inaction. (laughs) They didn't act enough, you see, during the COVID-19 pandemic. They didn't have enough. According to this article, currently there are no approved vaccines for disease X, yet Bingham stresses the need for scientists to develop prototype vaccines for various virus families to gain a head start in targeting disease X's specific features. What they need, she says, is a portfolio strategy for vaccines to target different facets of disease X. See, this is where this is headed. If they don't get disease X out fast enough, what they're aiming for is to get a whole slew of preventative vaccines. And again, look, you want to take a vaccine? I'm not here to tell you don't take the vaccine. Personally, I would not take any of these vaccines, especially if it has anything to do with CRISPR-9 or mRNA. And I've mentioned this book many times if you have not read the book about jennifer doudna and crispr 9 it is a must read because it explains everything in there about what they're doing 
it's not an anti-vaccine or anti-mRNA book. It's just a, it's a guy who followed them through the discovery of all of this, and they talk in there about a lot of the downsides of it. She says diverse vaccine types can stimulate various immune responses, providing multifaceted protection. Yeah, so get a whole bunch of vaccines, get tons of them. Just every day, get a new one. Because you never know what's coming. You never know what's on the horizon. According to her, there are millions out there of potential problems and potential pandemics. In addressing disease X, Bingham highlights the need for global collaboration. This is another key. You see how all this stuff all works into the same, it's like a funnel. It all starts at the rim and it all ends up at the bottom coming out global everything. She says, considering varying manufacturing capabilities across regions and advocating for the development of more durable, transportable, and affordable vaccines, while also encouraging innovative vaccine design approaches for future preparedness. What does that mean? Well, it may not be a shot. It doesn't have to be a shot. It could be a pill. It could be a mist. It could be anything. It could be absolutely anything. In July of 2023, on the World Economic Forum's website, they have an article titled Disease X. This is how we should prepare for the next big virus. And according to them, and, and again, this is what they're all talking about today specifically, but over the next two weeks regarding this disease X. The world needs to be better prepared to tackle a future pandemic by mapping viruses and the potential to become the next pandemic. The global health community and governments can be more responsive the next time. And here we go. Global collaboration and adequate funding are needed to improve pandemic preparedness to ensure fast action and to keep a viral outbreak at bay. According to Kate Kelland, she says, and this is in this article, it's a virus that we don't know yet, but we do know it's out there. So it's there. Projection much? Where is it? How do they know it's out there? Maybe they already have it. Maybe they're planning this. I don't know that. Just questioning. And we do know that it has the potential to spill over from an animal population potentially into humans, perhaps mutate or adapt itself, and then begin spreading and killing people faster than we can contain it. Oh, my goodness. There is a group called the Coalition for Epidemic Preparedness Innovation, CEPI. They wrote a book, Disease X, The 100 Days Mission to End Pandemics. They're a nonprofit organization that funds research and development of vaccines against diseases that could potentially become, of course, epidemics and pandemics. With the World Economic Forum as one of its founding members, <laughs> CEPI seed-funded three successful COVID-19 vaccines. Did you know that? The widely known AstraZeneca and Moderna injections. Yes, 
funded by, founded by, and coordinated with the World Economic Forum. The organization, both of them, this CEPI and the World Economic Forum, also works on a range of diseases that could become the next pandemic to spread. So whenever I hear these stories on the news about conspiracies and about the World Economic Forum just doing good for everybody, or we shouldn't even pay attention to them, it's just a think tank. They're not really involved in anything. They just get together, they talk a lot, they come up with some ideas, and, and then they send off send everybody back home. In their own articles, <laughs> they spill the beans. This is what they think we can learn from the COVID-19 pandemics when it comes to pandemic preparedness. Research, according to them, show that the world is still not adequately prepared for a new pandemic. Again, here they are. They're going to spill the beans, and this is exactly what I was afraid they were doing. This is exactly what I thought they were doing from the beginning. Quote, it's about how we learn from what we got right and what we got wrong in the past, including the most recent past, but also with previous pandemics and outbreaks of disease. That includes the 1918 flu and the 2009 swine flu epidemic, for example, but primarily COVID-19. She says, quote, So while we'd never seen this particular virus before, we knew a lot of its family members. We therefore actually had gained quite a lot of knowledge about the sorts of characteristics that this virus had. So you see how they switch there? First of all, they're like, we need to learn from the response and from everything that happened with COVID-19, see how it all worked, be better prepared for it, and then they do the switch. So we were observing the old, not talking about people all of a sudden, they're now they're all switches over to, well, we were actually looking at the viruses and learning from them. So we knew the kind of the characteristics. And they have a stat here. This is from the Global Health Security Index. The world is ill-prepared to prevent another pandemic. The global average score in the 2021 Global Health Security Index. There was, <laughs> they gave the world a score. How would they get that? They have a global health security index and you, they gave the world a score. According to this, the maximum score is 100. They gave the prevention of emergence or release of new pathogens a 28.4. They gave early detection and reporting of epidemics of potential international concern a 32.3. A rapid response and mitigation of the spread of an epidemic, they gave a 37.6. Sufficient and robust health sector to treat the sick and protect health workers, they gave a 31.5. Commitments to adherence to global norms, improving national capacity and financing. They gave a 47.8. An overall risk environment and vulnerability to biological threats, they gave a 55.8. So they're watching. They were watching. They were collecting data. They were seeing how people responded. They were seeing how you believed them, how fast you got a vaccine. How many vaccines you got? Did you wear your mask? They were watching all of this. 
on a global scale, not just here in America, on a global scale. It was an exercise to see what they need to improve on to get to the 100%. Because if you go through each one of these, prevention, early detection, rapid response, efficient and robust health sector, commitments to adherence to global norms and overall risk environment, if they were all up at a 100, they would be in 100% total control, which is what they want. According to this representative of the CEPI, they advocate for a global vaccine library, the One World Vaccine Library. And the purpose of this library is to build knowledge about potential disease X candidates, undertake preparatory scientific work, and make the resulting information available when a new virus emerges. According to this Kellan, the idea is that the world should divide up that work. It's not something that can be done by one institution or one scientific group. When all of that homework has been done, we will possibly be quite a few steps ahead of any new virus before it emerges. And if we can get that done across all those families, then we're kind of almost ready for anything that the viral families can throw at us. So they kind of talk out of both sides of their mouth there. Like, we need a global response, yes, and then we're going to divide it up among the nations, but they're all working together. And then, but who then runs the show? Who runs the show when all these different nations come up with their different responses or vaccines or whatever? Well, that would be the global pandemic treaty. In this article, they ask, how can a global pandemic treaty help deal with a novel virus outbreak? According to the World Economic Forum, what the treaty needs to do is set up a framework that allows us to be a couple of steps ahead. There should already be agreements about how knowledge and alerts should be shared. These are all learnings from the COVID-19 pandemic. When the COVAX vaccine sharing facility had to be created, quote, on the fly, with no structure and no funding in place, with a global pandemic accord and a pandemic fund in place, stakeholders will be able to reach out and react much faster. Again, we've talked about stakeholders before. Stakeholders, that's not you. They like to say that. Oh, stakeholder, that's the public. That's anybody who buys the product, uses the product. You know, we're beholding to our stakeholders. No, stakeholders are the businesses, the philanthropists, the people who are handing tons of cash to the WHO and World Economic Forum. It's the upper tier the people who want to run the show. They're the ones who are wanting to put all this together so that when the time comes and they can either unleash a new virus, and I'm not saying that's what they're doing, but it seems to me they know an awful lot about this disease X that they're not telling us because they keep saying it's out there, it's way more dangerous, it's going to kill everybody, 50 million plus, we don't even know how many, it's going to be so many. And we're working on vaccines for it. We're working on a response for it. We're gonna, it's going to be a global response. And we're going to be in this treaty. So all the nations will respond everything the, the exact same way. And you can't run and hide. You are not going to be allowed to not partake and participate in the cure. If you thought COVID-19 was bad, if you didn't have the vaccine and you couldn't go to work or you couldn't go to the grocery store you couldn't go to 
the mall, the theater, a concert. You had to show, remember the vaccine passports? You had to show your little, oh, I've had a vaccine. If you flew anywhere, you had, you had to have proof that you had a vaccine. That was child's play. Child's play. So according to them, how do we ensure that we handle the next pandemic better? According to this Kate Kellen, who is one of the World Economic Forum, wrote a book on this disease X. She says, some of the vaccine development projects go wrong. Some of the populations are unhappy. Some places have to go into lockdown for a short amount of time, but because these decisions are being made swiftly and the people making them understand that taking risks is part of surviving these things and getting through it quicker and ultimately having a better outcome, those failures or those difficulties are overcome. The World Economic Forum is committed to developing more resilient, efficient, and equitable healthcare systems. It works with global healthcare decision makers to create new opportunities to advance the use of data enabled systems. Read in there, we know everything about you, we have everything on file. All your information is ours. We know everything about your health, whether you've been vaccinated, whether you're taking your pills, whether you have been to a doctor, whatever, they know it. Data-enabled systems and virtual care. Read into, you will not leave your house. This will all be online. Everyone's going to get locked down. Virtual care to better equip global healthcare systems to face future challenges. So this disease X, is it out there? I don't know. Are they working on it? Oh, yeah. Are they telling us they're working on it? You bet. They're having an entire conference right now discussing it. Do they want us to know what disease X? Absolutely not. Because then anything can be disease X. They can just make it up whole cloth. And then they can come rushing in, especially if this global pandemic treaty, which has not been fully ratified, hasn't been completely voted on, if that goes through and the nation sign on to that, that is step one towards global authority and that because that will be just in one lane. That will be health. And that'll be step one. That's that's it's the building block. That's block one. The who becomes the ultimate authority. Were they voted in, elected? No. Are they accountable to anybody? No. Well, maybe to Bill Gates, maybe to the big donors, maybe to some stakeholders, as they call it. But that's not us. That's not you and I. And they're going to tell you, hey, we're the science and we're the experts. We got it all figured out. In fact, we've been working on it. We knew this was coming, and we have all these vaccines ready to go. Take, 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 take. Well, oh, you don't want to take them? You can't go anywhere. You can't go to the store. You can't travel. You can't go to work. You can't do anything because you're the problem now. You're the problem. It's coming. And I think it is in our best interest, obviously, to be aware of this, to have it on our radar. 
And one of the things that I think is important to have on hand is your own medicine. You really should. You should have things on hand that you can take should something like this happen. I'm not saying be a big-time prepper, although there's nothing wrong with that. I'm all for it. But you should have on hand at least things that you need. Have a backup plan. Have the, I know drugs, sometimes they expire. Rotate them. And I was looking at this uh, company called the Wellness Company. And it's because I follow this guy named Dr. Thorpe. He runs a thing called Stocking Up. I'm going to try to pronounce these for you. But here are things that he recommends and I recommend as well. He says you should have this uh, a medical emergency kit with eight potentially life-saving medications. I'm not selling anything here. There's lots of places you can get this. I don't get any money from these people. I'm just telling you this is information that you should have. Write these down. One of them is you should have an ivermectin and a Z-pack. And this is great treatment for COVID-19, strep throat, pneumonia, nausea, vomiting, and so forth. Ivermectin and z pack You can get them legally. All of this stuff is legal. Stuff you should have on hand. One of them is called amoxicillin clavulanate. Spelled C-L-A-V-U-L-A-N-A-T-E. Amoxicillin. Another one is astromycin. It's A-Z-I-T-H-R-O-M-Y-C-I-N. That's a Z-Pack. You should have some doxycycline on hand. You should have some metronidazole, spelled M-E-T-R-O-N-I-D-A-Z-O-L-E. You should have some Bactrim. You should have some Diflucan, D-I-F-L-U-C-A-N, some Zofran. Z-O-F-R-A-N. You should have some ciprofloxacin, spelled C-I-P-R-O-F-L-O-X-A-C-I-N. Have some ivermectin. Those are some very important things you should have on hand. Because if something should happen and you can't get to the store, or there's a shortage on drugs, there's a run on the store, those are at least important things you should have. Also, I mean, just the regular too, like ibuprofen. You should have uh, anything for headaches or for the common cold, and and especially if you are if you take medicine for some sort of situation that you have. But these things right here that I just mentioned, that's not what most people typically have on hand. And get the ones that come with instruction that tell you what it's for, how much you should take, when you should take it find them on all kind of websites and i don't know if you're like me i'm very leery and i hate advertisements when i listen to podcasts and stuff when they're at, when they're talking about all these weird products you never heard of and none of them have been tested or anything you know, it's for your sleep it's to to wake up it's to whatever it is that they're that they're hawking and we've been approached by these people on our podcast and we've said no every time this is i'm not selling this I'm just saying I looked into what you should have on hand and these stood out in every single list. 
So I just made a short list, compiled it, and I want to share it with you because I do care about you and I want you to be prepared. Because this disease X, this mystery disease, just like Racer X, we all saw Racer X on the screen, didn't know anything about it. We knew everyone in the story knew about Racer X. We were left in the dark until finally the reveal, oh, wow, that's Speed Racer's brother is mind-blowing. Disease X is out there. They know about it. They're preparing for it. They're telling you they're preparing for it. They're telling you how bad it's going to be. They're telling all of us we're going to run the show. And basically anything can be disease X. And if you don't hop on board, what we did in COVID, we, we monitored all of that. We took notes. Globally, we found out what the response was and we realized what we needed to do to shore that up to make sure everybody gets on board, to make sure our plan goes through because they're going to use this as another major push towards their global takeover. And that's the bottom line. And if anybody wants to debate me on that, bring it on. Bring it on. So I hope that brings some clarity because you're going to hear a lot about this disease X moving forward probably hearing a lot about it now. So I wanted to bring some clarity to exactly what it is, what they're talking about, what their plans are, and maybe some things that we can do to prepare for it when they do unleash it. Brandon and I will be back on Sunday with a brand new episode. Thank you so much for listening today. I hope you learned something. I hope I did. I hope we all learned something through this some information that we can take forward that will help us email me down the RH at protonmail.com. I'm big D and I'm out of here.